Welcome to the Co-Founders Podcast. Real life stories from startups to billion dollar iconic brands. Conversations with industry disruptors and inspiring leaders. Brought to you in part by WeWork, the world's largest network of co-working spaces. More info at WeWork.com and the Pro Business Channel, uploading the future. More info at ProBusinessChannel.com. Now let's join our host and guests on this episode of the Co-Founders Podcast. All right, Craig Williams in the house, Rich Casanova here, uh, and we're ready to kick off another exciting episode of what? Co-Founders Podcast. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, Co-Founders Podcast. All right. Brought to you by WeWork. Yep, absolutely. As the man said. Yep, and um, brought to you in part by WeWork, as we mentioned. Uh, I think the world's largest collaborative work workspace, uh, about yep. 70 markets, six countries around the world. It is uh, the coolest uh, space. It's the, the call. I, I uh, had folks call it the new office. I, I call it the... Well, I can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. I say the Google Regis. Okay, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, we're excited to welcome them here to Atlanta, the market. And they're obviously in other markets uh, as we're broadcasting live, streaming around the world. And we're right here in our Pro Business Channel studios with our billion-dollar buckhead view. Yes. Even even with the overcast, it's still... Yeah. First it's still rain running. in uh, months. We needed it. Big we time. We needed it, man. We needed so um, besides weather and sports... Or I gotta be talk, we might talk in sports here in just a moment. Yeah, yeah we might need to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, we want to welcome our guest to the show here, Nasir, uh, with uh, Q&L Financial. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So you're a new Atlantan. From what I heard. Yes. Just three months in town. Yes. So far, so good? I love it. You going to hang out and stay with us for a while? Forever. <laughs> nice, good answer. <laughs> good answer. All right. And um, so we were talking before the show, originally from Maryland, uh, and just three months down here. And you uh, talked to us about your, before we get into the financial background and, and this new launch, this kind of disruptor to mainstream uh, financial uh, platforms or... Talk to us about uh, your career prior to this or your background. We talk about sports in a minute, a minute ago, right? Oh, yes. Um, uh, I was actually a former professional football player. I uh, had the opportunity to play arena football. But before that, um, getting into the football space, I was a consultant for a Fortune 500 company in the IT space. And I also was a chief of staff to a delegate at, um, in the state of Maryland. Wow. So I worked in politics for a little bit. Um, but my lifelong dream was to play football. Um, a year ago, I had the opportunity to actually play overseas first, but it didn't work out. I ended up leaving corporate America and went full full time into my passion of playing football, and I was signed to the Columbus Lions here in Georgia. Dang. So What position? Corner. Okay. Corner. So <laughs> um, working with the Columbus Lions, it was, a, it was a dream come true, the first team to actually sign me. Um, two weeks before camp, they wanted to trade me. I didn't want to be traded, so they released me. Where Man. would you have gone? <laughs> well... Who knows? Huh? <laughs> Who knows? And <laughs> it was weird because, you know, they signed me uh, in September, six, seven months before the season started. And then, you know, hey, we need to bring these positions in and we need to bring these guys in. And long story short, I just kind of felt because I wasn't a Georgia native at the time and I was from Maryland that, you know, they didn't really want me anymore. Gotcha. Um, the very next day, the funny thing about the business is, you know, you have to keep pushing the very next day, there was a team that wanted me that I didn't sign with because I signed with the Columbus Lions. Next day, offered me a contract after a tryout. Yeah. Well, that was that was going to be my next question. I mean, this being Pro Business Channel, mm -hmm. you want to speak to the business of of the big business of sports. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, not asking figures, of course. Mm -hmm. But when you were signed, 
was there not any transaction of finances or was it a promissory note or some kind of down payment <laughs> right, on the contract yeah. or something? Keys to a new car. Something? Yeah. <laughs> you, do you get anything out of no, being signed? you don't okay. get anything out of being signed. And, um, you know, different leagues, they have different uh, contracts for players. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have a signing bonus uh, where, you know, if you sign with the team, they will give you a payment. For me, uh, I didn't get that offer. You needed Craig as your agent. Yeah. Did you have <laughs> an agent? Made it happen. Yeah. I did have an agent yeah. at the oh. time. Um, yeah. What was unique about my situation was that I graduated 2013. Um, I tried out, didn't get any opportunities to play for any team, and I was pretty much two years removed from college football. So my film was pretty much running out of time before I could present <laughs> right. to somebody. So me actually going to tryouts was something that I funded myself as well with my agent. Um, I pretty much branded myself to get on the team, and I was willing to do whatever it took to get there. Wow, wow. Um, and there was no money involved from that. Uh, and at the time, Arena, they pay roughly, what, maybe two to 500 bucks a game, but they take <laughs> care of your housing and your food. Oh, okay. Um, but it was just something I knew if I got there to get some film, I can get to the next level. Yeah, oh, okay. it, it, yeah. doors would open, yeah, oh, an opportunity. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yep. So speaking of doors opening, uh, so you pivoted. And uh, talk to us about your next play. So my next play now is financial services yeah. and taking over the financial industry with by storm. Watch out. It's <laughs> yeah. Industry has been alerted, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm here, you know, to uh, give people the truth about their finances, to talk to them about ways where they can save money and build wealth without affecting their lifestyle today or for tomorrow. I think a lot of traditional fi- advice in the financial industry is old. It's dated. Right. And it's stale. just not true. Yeah, yeah very still. Uh, we just had a gentleman on an earlier show talking about similar play in the medical mm-hmm. industry, and they are definitely disrupting it. You hear the guy explain it, and everybody in the studio was all, all on board, yeah. right? It's just uh, you've got to be – it's like the Uber, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can remain stale and uh, uh, asleep at the wheel. And then you have someone come along with a new innovative approach yep. uh, to an industry that's been around ever since money, yeah. exactly. pretty much, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Since coins were exchanged or yeah. uh, barter was taking place. Yeah. So um, uh, tell us your company, but uh, also rewind uh, your background. Do you have mentors or uh, mm-hmm. uh, where, where did you glean your uh, uh, expertise or yes, knowledge? Um, yeah, I have mentors, and it's, it's funny how it started uh, when I was in college. Well, I was playing my sophomore year. Uh, I worked with a professor who was a, a project management teacher, and she taught grad students, and she taught me the principles of money, how to view money, how to value it. And she always would tell me, you know, always have multiple streams of income. Right. Um, and she showed me the ways of how to invest money, how to trade money, how to, um, you know, pay your bills, and that kind of gave me the start. Right. Um, what was funny about that was I wasn't a finance major. <laughs> right. I was a criminal justice major. <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, you know, I would do my classes during the day, practice, and then at night I would help her in her classes. Now, as a project manager, when you're in charge of a budget or a contract, right. you have to manage that contract effectively. And she broke down through those strategies, this is how you do the same with your yeah. finances. Well, if you don't pay your finances, then uh, criminal justice comes into play. That's yeah. true. Right? Yeah. Sometimes. And, and, but it's interesting. <laughs> is So what's unique, I think, is you enter the marketplace with like a clean slate, mm-hmm. right? So you don't carry over that baggage and that historic, this is the way we've always done things. Yep. Um, and sometimes it's, it's difficult for a large company to um, adapt new, be, uh, have an entrepreneurial mindset. 
mm-hmm. right? And yeah. some of the most innovative ideas come from somebody that, uh, I mean, it's like, I, don't, I forget the story, but there was the classic example of a professor laid out a, uh, a math, a very complicated math project on the, uh, the chalkboard at the time, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the student in the back row wasn't paying attention, was asleep and was dazing off or whatever. And at the end of he, he uh, after class wrapped, he woke up and he realized that's a homework assignment. He wrote it all down. Have you heard this story before? Mm-hmm. And uh, he comes back, solves the whole problem. The problem had never been solved in 30 years because he didn't know that it was unsolvable, right? So, uh, right. <laughs> but that's kind of what you bring maybe to the table is that uh, if you're kind of in that lane, it's hard to get, you know, to switch gears. So now talk about uh, the name of your brand, your company, what makes it unique. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the name of the company is QNL Financial. Now, the funny thing about the name of the company is that the letters, they don't stand for anything. That, that was the <laughs> obvious question. I searched all over your website right. to find that answer. Right. I could not find it. it, it, yeah. does, it, it your does initials <laughs> or whatever, yeah. It doesn't stand for anything. And I remember sitting in the computer room with my grandmother, and I was like, I'm going to call the company Q&A Financial. And she looked at me, she's like, what does it mean? I was like, I just like the way it sounds. Yeah. And, you know, the whole goal of Q&A Financial uh, with the logo is the, the Falcon as the leader. Um, is that, you know, I want to bring in a new approach and take people to new heights in their financial lives. Mm. Um, And the whole goal of the brand is to give people the information that they can take and have an impact on their life today, right now. Not nothing, anything that's, uh, you know, too complicated or um, overly just complex and doesn't have anything to do with it. I want to give people stuff they can handle right now. So simple. Simple. Didn't have to... Well, because have a reason to it. Well, NFL was already taken, so he went (laughs) (laughs) Q and L. And so, who's your ideal client that you work with? So, my ideal client there's there's two of them: uh, families and business owners, especially small business owners. Uh, I like to work with families uh, because I believe families they have a lot of things at stake. Um, They were in a position where you know they have kids, or there may be kids coming soon. But usually between a husband and wife or having a spouse, um, there's a lot of things where finances from one uh, person's background to another comes together. And you have to figure out how you manage those things together throughout both of your lifetimes. And then for small business owners, I think a lot of small business owners um, need help um, in many ways from a financial standpoint, not only with managing their business um, cash flows and how those operate, but also their personal finances. So a lot of times small business owners use their personal finances to leverage the business, and then some of those Ru- things get out of whack. That's so. called a rut row moment or whatever, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I imagine with um, uh, your age, it seems likely that um, people your age would be kind of drawn to that they can they can share the common commonality and the stories and the experience, right? Yes. And relate to you. Uh, that's kind of a, a given, right? Yep, Definitely. Um, from you know my background and, and my my age, I'm I'm dealing with the millennials. Right. Um, the one thing about millennials, most millennials think they know everything. <laughs> Finally, know, a, they, a millennial they, that says <laughs> that yeah out loud. Yeah. You know, we, we think we know everything, and you know we think we can just do it ourselves. And a lot of times when I'm approaching millennials, is you know I understand what we went through and what our parents went through, and we want to do things differently. But um, thinking we can do it ourselves is I think is one of the biggest mistakes we're making right now. We we need to record that one because I got a couple of millennials. I think we just did. Well, yeah, <laughs> at the house who yeah. who um, may not agree, but when they step back, they will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, well, especially when they hear it from uh, someone that um, up here, up here, yeah, up here, yeah, yeah. 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 appears to be obvious in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so what's your business model, if you will, right? Yeah. So my business model is very unique. Um, 
in the financial service industry, the 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 basic model, the main model is, you know, you reach out to someone, you set time to meet with them in person, and you continue to follow up in person and do things on set schedules. My our, um, approach is to do things virtually as well as leveraging face-to-face meetings. I believe at this day and time we have more accessibility to our phones and computers and we have capabilities that we never had before. Mm -hmm. So seeing me in person or being able to shoot you a webinar, shoot you a video with information that fits what you're currently going through to give you a visual as well as the information is more effective nowadays because people have busy lives um, versus, hey, come meet me in the office, bring all these papers and do this and do that. No. Or That's, over the over the classic kitchen table, exactly. right? Yeah. <laughs> People don't table. have a kitchen right. table. Yeah. Right. So are you an accountant? No. Okay. Not an accountant. Okay. Um my my focus is uh financial planning. Um we do that through uh many different ways. We have retirement planning, I do college planning, estate planning as well as um business uh, structuring planning. Um and that's a way where business owners can learn about using different uh corporate structures to make advantage of their uh their opportunities. So. so you're not captive, you know. No. Yeah, gotcha. No, I'm independent, um, and pretty much, you know, I work on a, a schedule where uh, I can meet any client's needs depending on what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. So there's certain clients that I don't work with because of they may think I'm an accountant. They may think, hey, can you fix my taxes? Right. Um, <laughs> I don't do those two yeah. things. That's and we don't cook your books either. Yeah, because yeah. right. financial is broad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but speaking of that, do you have some uh, partnerships that you're looking to, to seek out? Uh, to align yourself with, uh, so make it a, a, a well-rounded. Yes, definitely. Um, some of the partnerships I know uh, I'm looking into is uh, working with um, different uh, organizations, okay. especially nonprofits um, that have financial literacy programs for schools. Um, they even give uh, different programs to children so they can learn basic about finances. And then, as it relates to um, other organizations, different companies. Uh, one company I'm actually looking at is the NFL at some point to help right. them, those guys out. Uh, I also have program a program now for college plan to help people um, save on their college tuition for the children that they want to send to school. So mm. I yeah. think that's a home run for you there in, the, in that specific space because um, you've gone through the college experience and you've probably learned some lessons on um, how you funded it, but if you mm-hmm. were to rewind, how you could better leverage. Um, and, and so for switch gears back to business, so are you looking at um, how they – manage um and how they structure because that's that's a big question a lot of business when they start especially uh again back to the startup space you know the, all these startups like at we work and other mm-hmm. other uh, incubator spaces is that they know their widget and they're excited about their app their app that they're developing or whatever they're bringing to the marketplace but do they set up an llc do they set up a sole proprietor do they need um trademarks or all that stuff right yeah yeah, definitely. Um, the, for those companies that are actually in the startup phases, um, you know how we you designate yourself from right. LLC to a C corp to trademarking is very important. I think. Um, excuse me. I think the focus, you know, once we get past that, is now seeing okay within this corporate structure, are there any other entities that we can create to help leverage other opportunities? Right. Um, where companies, you know, the biggest thing that companies face outside of managing day to day operations is taxes yep. at some point and corporate structures such as LLCs and C-Corps, they have different tax benefits, but other structures companies are not aware of, such as foundations right, and yeah. other private uh, um, partnerships or trust accounts they can set up, can alleviate some of those those issues that they're going to face as they get bigger. Kind of like the... Um, uh 
the offshore account that uh, Craig has or whatever. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> and I need to get onshore with it. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So um, on your on your notes here, there's uh, this mention of guaranteed income. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yep. that sounds pretty enticing. Sell yep. me on that or whatever. Yeah. Right. I'm, uh, right. So what does um, that mean? The guaranteed income approach. It's a job. So the concept is uh, mainly for uh, those who are looking to retire or at some point in time, uh, you know, changing their workload, whether they're running a business or traveling the world, is to have a stream of income that they can have for the rest of their life guaranteed to take care of their expenses and then some. I like to think of it as most people would have a pension. They're fortunate because they have a guaranteed paycheck. But then I tell those pensioners, well, where's your paycheck? Because every day is Saturday oh, when like you that. retire. Mm-hmm. Um, and so depending on the person's circumstances, um, a client that comes to me, I ask them simple questions. You know, what do you want your life to look like 30 years from now? Um, how are you going to maintain a lifestyle you have today? Or how do you want to enhance it? Because nobody wants to live in a box. 30 years from now. Um, And what I do is, depending on what they already have in place or whatever financial products they're currently using, we basically look at those products and align those with those goals and see, do they reach the goals that they want to have when they get older? And if they don't, we come up with a strategy that does. Um, And the products that I like to use, I specialize in, are designed to provide guaranteed income no matter what. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's almost like your own private bank that nobody can get access to but you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, that's virtual. We, Sounds like virtual currency. Something we need on <clears throat> the new currency show we heard. That's where we bank. We bank at the private bank of Buckhead. A little plug for yeah. those guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, the play check. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, is that trademarked or do we need to get, get that right away? Or what? No, that's actually, that's not trademarked. <laughs> um, that's actually something I learned uh about a, a, I think it was a couple months ago I was at a conference. And that's a, a great premise. Up. You can yeah. kind of uh, uh, vision that. That's like your coffee vacation. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned uh, we don't want to live in a box. We all end up in a box, right? But we don't want to live there yeah. right now, right? No. <laughs> no. I, I don't, you know, from, you know, the way things moving today with the job markets and uh, automation coming to the marketplace, you know, jobs may be here or they may not. But the thing is, is that, you know, for most people, we're probably going to live in a retirement state longer than we've worked our, in, our, in our lives. Mm-hmm. And we have to have the income to support that. And we're living longer. That, that's a new phenomenon. I mean, yeah. we, we talk about just the way you phrase that is we are living longer, right? But it's, I never thought about that, that you're going to um, be in retirement longer than your work yeah. life, which was the opposite not exactly. too many, uh, uh, a generation ago. Yeah. Um, so what's uh, we got a few more minutes here left, and when I want to remind our listeners, you're listening to the uh, co-founders podcast here on the Pro Business Channel in our Buckhead Studios with our billion dollar view. Mm. Speaking of money, yeah, right? Exactly. It's probably more than a billion, yeah. But we we did the math, and there's no million dollar buildings out there, yeah. Mm. So um, so there's is there? I know you're just three months into this as a mm-hmm. startup. That's why you're on the co-founders mm-hmm. podcast, right? Um, do you speaking of co-founders? Are you looking to bring some other people in, uh, build your team? Um, and we do an event uh, you may or may not be familiar with at, over at WeWork called the Co-Founders Matchup. We'll have mm-hmm. in, uh, every other month. Um, so w- who's on your short list to round out the, um, the, your pro team here? Yeah, you know, I think On the Q&L team, yeah. Yeah, the Q&L <laughs> team, I think what we'll definitely I would like to add is a, a player, as I like to call it, sure. um, that can um, come on board and actually be uh, a training specialist with me. Okay. Um, I have certain information that I can give to people 
And when it comes to training or to providing information um, to either people that we bring on board to work with us or to potential clients, I believe that I can have someone else do that better than me. Right. Um, because there's a lot of things that, you know, depending on the situation of the client, I may miss or go right. or go over their head. So me bringing someone that can be a trainer, especially one that can use um, different models, such as visual components. Uh, right. I think the way people are using YouTube nowadays and Facebook with different cartoons and different uh, virtual just virtual reality things like yeah. that's the person I'm looking for now. Yeah, because um, speaking of uh, videos on your site, it was kind of innovative the way yeah. um, it's not traditional videos. Right. You're just out there on the street, just talking just talk- numbers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. finance exactly. So that's that's the type of player I'm looking for to yeah. duplicate that and kind of you know drive a uh, how you call it like almost a, a movie like feel to it or a play like yeah. scenes where. With our approach, we don't want to give you the same boring, dull information everybody else gives right. it to. You want to give you the visual, something funny, yeah. make you laugh. I mean, videos nowadays go viral just oh. for funny or stuff. Or memorable, yeah. Yeah, and they're very memorable. And then you're going to build out your street team here, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, so uh, what's next? Well, I think what's next is, um, you know, really getting out here and educating people, um, doing more of a... Uh, co-partnering event, partnering with different organizations to kind of bring in uh, a certain market of people that they have. Um, I want people to know that, you know, having access to financial planning is very inexpensive. A lot of times when I tell someone I'm a financial advisor, they think, well, I don't have enough or I can't afford you. Yeah, right. And before we even get to talking about, you know, what you have or what, how my conversation structure works, let's have a sit down and have a conversation. Um, So for me now, I want to get out here and get that stigma away to let people know that you can talk and we can have a conversation about what you're going through. It's funny. Some people will say that, like, I don't have the money to put aside for, uh, for, you know, uh, for finance or investment, but their, their car payment is more than their rent, whatever, right? (laughs) Or they're, uh, they're spending on all kinds of other stuff besides them or or long-term. Well, they're not necessarily always thinking long-term. Yeah. And it's, it's not even, even if it's long-term, if, you know, like I said, each client is different. Um, the way I see it is we have a circle of wealth. And within that circle of wealth, we have what we call our lifestyle and our accumulated money and our transferred money. Now, most people want to accumulate more money and have a great lifestyle, but they fail to realize that they're transferring money unknowingly, unnecessarily. And this is the area that I focus on the most because nobody wants to hear, hey, you need to save more, invest this, but cut back on your lifestyle. Right. Most people don't want to hear that. Yeah. Well, what if if... I can help you save, continue to earn great return on your money without affecting your lifestyle, but show you where you're throwing money away, unknowing unnecessarily. Add that to your accumulated money and your lifestyle today. So whether it's today or for next year or for later down the line, we're doing something now to affect that. The, yeah, the ripple effect of that, what you set in motion. And um, I don't know if this makes sense. I'm thinking, what about like if you hosted a financial hackathon? Right. You know, to kind of hack the old uh, traditional principles. Right. Right. Yes or yes. Yes. That would be awesome. I like that idea. Craig will make that happen. Well, I don't know. (laughs) When you're dealing with principles, you know, and fundamentals, as long as you stick with those, anything's possible. So, yeah, yeah, that'd be exciting. Sure. So, uh, Craig, your uh, closing thoughts here. None at all. I'm still thinking. Uh, he got me stuck on that Q and L. I'm still trying to figure out what I, I know. Can I was, make kinda, I was trying to come a quarterback, but you're but <laughs> yeah. you're the corner. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking of the same thing. Like um, quality's I, always worn out. But, I'm you know. your quarterback of your next life. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, but uh, if it rolls off his tongue, it rolls off his tongue. So, so Q and L. It's a great grandmother story. I love that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that was a great story. But have you thought about like um, uh, putting some words behind those letters? 
um, quality. Uh, anyone? Hello? No. <laughs> no. That's just it. It's, it's kind of tough. Uh, Q&L. Q&L, yeah. 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 Q&L Financial. It keeps people it's, guessing. It, yeah. sound, it sounds prestigious. Well, there's a lot of brands like uh, NCR. People don't know what that you know used to stand for. Yeah. Right? They just know it. Or PBC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one day people uh, we will just be known as like NBC, PBC. Well, yeah. Right. All right. Um, so, uh, Nasir, what's a good way for people to reach out to you? Well, they can visit me on my website. QNLfinancial.com. Um, they can also follow me on Facebook, QNL Financial. Um, on this website, you have uh, my office number. You can call me. You can text me. So I'm accessible. That's another thing I want people to be able to feel okay. comfortable. If you feel like texting me, just send me a text. Right. Um, and then my email is uh, Nasir, so N A S I R, at QNLfinancial.com. So. All right. And um, Great to have you on the show. Thank you. Look forward to uh, what's in the future for you and your business uh, ventures. And we'll see you next time on another episode of Co-Founders Podcast. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Co-Founders Podcast. Brought to you in part by WeWork, the world's largest network of co-working spaces. More info at WeWork.com. And the Pro Business Channel, uploading the future. More info at probusinesschannel.com. Use the social media links here to share this show. To submit a guest request or listen to more episodes, visit cofounderspodcast.com. I'm John Prudeau, The Economist's U.S. editor, and I'm the host of a new podcast about the 2020 elections and the road to power in America. Together with two of my American colleagues and a whole cast of Economist correspondents around the world, we'll take you through the ideas and the social changes that are shaping politics in what promises to be an exceptional election year. We'll look at the long view and ask the big questions. What has the Trump administration actually achieved? What do centrist Democrats really believe in? And what kind of country is America going to be after November? We'll go beyond the headlines and horse race to delve deeper into the contest for the White House and why it matters so much. That's Checks and Balance for the global view on democracy in America. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Acast, or your podcast app. Start listening today.